Oh, look who's talking. Oh, I'm never silly. <laughs> All right, guys, let's uh, turn to Matthew 25. And remember, I don't know, a month ago we were talking about end time things, and I said that I wasn't able to minister on the thousand year yes. reign. We needed to put it on the back burner for a little bit. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, one thing I want to say before we get started <clears throat> is there is a new world coming, and I'm not talking about the satanic new world order, but there is a new world coming, one of peace, one of joy, <coughs> excuse me, one where there is no crime, one where there is no evil. And, you know, being that that war in Ukraine's going on and all the other crazy things in our world, it's good to remind ourselves that this is not the end, um, but that there is a, a future and a plan that Yahweh has for us. But in Matthew 25, verse 31 and 32, it says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he shall sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Now we can read the rest of this to be in context. It's basically saying that the, the, the goats are going to be the ones that um, when they see someone hungry, when they see someone uh, lacking, they do nothing about it. They just ignore it. But the ones that will be his sheep will treat others like it was Yeshua himself. Basically lining up with Torah, which says, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Now, my stepfather used to have a saying, do unto others before they do it unto you. But that's not, that's not the right thought. That's Yenny's thought. Oh my gosh. It's called a step ahead. A step ahead? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. Let's now go to Matthew 7. So it says here that he's going to divide the sheep from among the goats. So how are we going to know whether we're going to be a sheep or whether we are going to be a goat? If we're fluffy. Oh, we're fluffy? Okay. Matthew 7, verse 21, starting. It says, Not everyone that says unto me, Master, Master, 
shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Master, Master, have we not prophesied in your name, and in your name have cast, cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work lawlessness, or you that work iniquity. So we see here, it's not about the largeness of ministry or the power that people might have to perform signs, wonders, and miracles, because those can be performed, as Paul said, by Satan, by a uh, antichrist, anti-messiah type spirit, an angel of light, so on and so forth. But how we can know that he will not say to us, depart from him, is by you and I obeying his instructions. By you and I obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments. Remember, Yeshua said, John 14, 15, and, and verse 21, basically, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. So the bottom line is, how we can know is if we have a heart that desires to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. If we do not, then you could, even though you go to church, you pray, you worship Jesus, and I'll get into that in a little bit, you worship G-O-D, you worship L-O-R-D, um, all these other false titles and names doesn't guarantee you anything. Um, one thing that came to me this week, I did a YouTube video this morning. I haven't released it yet. I'll do it tomorrow. And, it's, and it was about, I was reading in Exodus 20, where it says we are not to have any gods before him. And the thought that came to me is if, that, if you are praying in the name of J-E-S-U-S -S, or in the name of G-O-D, being that we know that that was not Yah, Yeshua's original Hebraic name, you then are praying, worshiping Lita. I forgot what I was saying. If if you are praying in those other names, that that you are um, hold on one second. That Lita. if you are praying in those other names, you are involved in idolatry, because he said. Yahweh said in, in Exodus 20, we are not to have any other gods before us. And 
The scripture also says in numerous places, Paul said in Galatians 5, he also reiterated in, in 2 Corinthians 6, and I believe it was Revelation 19, or maybe Revelation 21, where it says that those that obey the commandments will enter into the kingdom, but those that disobey or that are in idolatry or other things will not enter into Yahweh's kingdom. So, if we are praying, and I know none of us are, but for the sake of those that might be listening, if we are praying in the name of another deity, and Christianity has invented another deity by the name of J-E-S-U-S, who did not exist, that name did not exist, when Yeshua, Yahshua, walked the earth. And I did a, a full teaching on it, but nonetheless, um, it kind of just lined up with what we were talking about, that we need to depart from lawlessness, and we need to follow Yahweh's laws and commandments. Um, yes, go ahead. Two things that's catching me. I'm do the second thing first because that's where you at. Doesn't it not also say in Torah somewhere slipping my mind right now? Not even to mention their names. Correct. Yes. Not only to have them, but not to even mention their names. Correct. And where it says that I have no other before me, I think the Hebrew actually reads more like in my face. I mean, don't come to me like that. Now, the first point that I caught was when you read that scripture, um, we know in the traditional churchianity translation, it says, Lord, Lord. Right. right? Now, the, the enemy of the kingdom is not the brightest person in the world. He likes, he gives away so much. And if you, you kind of just look at him and look like, you know, you don't, you want to bump your head. Isn't that exactly what churchianity has got us doing? Lord, Lord. Right. Joshua told us, no, you know, and it, just because you say this, or you call this name or this title, you know, but we do it because, you know, the enemy of the kingdom hey, is just not too bright. He just gives everything away, but we fell for it. Now, not only that, my late wife was, um, she wasn't part of the Hebraic movement. I'll just use that term, but she respected me when I got the understanding of the name of Yahweh and the name of Yahshua. She didn't agree with a lot of things, but she respected me in a sense. And one of the things she used to do that always bothered me was, you know, she would pray, and she would pray to J-E-S-U-S. And I would look at her, and then the famed evangelist from, from here in Florida, who's now in Texas, had everybody praying to the Holy Spirit. And I just kept looking and going, wait a minute, where do you get this? Because... Yahshua said when you, you know, you pray to the Father. Right. You don't see nowhere where Yahshua tells you to pray to Him. You don't see anywhere where Yahshua tells you to pray to the Holy Spirit or Ruth Hakadosh. You don't see that. So I, in those two comments you were just making, I see Church Anity doing exactly what he just said. Just because you say this doesn't mean you don't make it. Right, exactly. At the same time, we, we call on many, you know, I'm not so 
technical like some of the people and some of the movements with the days of the weeks mentioned, named after certain people, days of the month. I'm not going to be so petty and technical with something like that. But I know my, my own mistake. I mean, I, I, I tell on myself, okay? You know, I, I, I was a big boy one time, and my grandbaby would look at my belly and go, Papa, you look like Buddha in, in the um, in the Chinese restaurant because, you know, they had these statues. Right, right, and, right. And I would call it Big Buddha. And she, and she would say, and then I realized one thing, no, 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 we can't call it that. we got to come up with another name. We don't mention names, certain names. So I think right. You know, but I think really what he's saying of that is we don't need to be calling on other G-O-Ds, okay? We don't need to be calling on other so-called um, deities, you know, in, in his face. When he, you know him, he's right there. He gave you a book to read. It's right there. He, he left it because, you know, he knows some of us can't remember too much. You know, we get to a certain age, we don't remember too good, but he left it for us in print. Exactly. And we still run contrary to it. Right. All right, let's turn to Revelation chapter 11. Now, ladies, if you have anything you want to share, just jump on in. All right, we're talking about the thousand-year reign. So, Yeshua in Matthew 25 said he was coming. He was going to separate the sheep from the goats. And in Matthew 7, we saw how he's going to separate the sheep from the goats, basically those that does the will of the Father, which is the Torah, Yahweh's laws and commandments. And now in Revelation 11, verse 15, it says, And the seventh angel sounded, and there, was a, there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our sovereign and his Messiah, and he shall reign, basically over the, over the nations, forever and ever. So, we said at the beginning that there is a new world coming. One, where Yahweh, Yeshua, are going to rule over it. It is going to be, the government is going to be upon his shoulders, Yeshua's shoulders, which Isaiah 11, I think, prophesied of. But it's going to be a world, that thousand-year reign, is going to be a world, a lifestyle, a society of, law, of obedience to Yahweh's laws. And there's going to be no crime, no evil. It's going to be no murders, no death. No destruction, no, none of that. So, we can look forward to that day. And we read a few weeks ago in one of our studies, when Yeshua comes the first time, and see, this is what the Jews and the disciples were confused about because they expected Yeshua 
to set up this kingdom that's going to take place during the thousand year reign, they expected him, and that's why the Jews didn't think he was, quote unquote, the Messiah, because he did not set up this kingdom immediately. And they didn't understand he had to pay the price first, and then the other would come at a later date, which we can read in Acts chapter 1. So it says here that the kingdoms of this world are going to become the kingdom of our sovereign and his Messiah. So that means every nation, every government that exists on the earth right now, Yeshua is going to take it over. And, you know, like Linda and I have been talking, and I'm sure you all have thought of this too, the destruction that's taking place in Ukraine, how in the world are they going to restore all those buildings? Not just the buildings, but the, I mean, the lives you can't restore that have, that have been murdered and killed, and, but the damage that's been done to children, the fear, the trauma, the trauma that's been done to adults, you know, watching people you know get killed, whatever. But just look at, in the physical sense, all the destruction, all the buildings, everything's, you know, crumbling down. Everything's going to have to be torn down, basically, and rebuilt. And, you know, you think of what Germany went through when, you know, and France and all those other nations that were involved in World War II. I have no clue how many decades it took um, to get the job done. But nonetheless, Yeshua said he is going to rule and reign over whatever nation you want to put in there, over them all, Russia, over um, China. China, Europe, Korea, America, uh, Canada, you know, Africa, every, every, every nation and any nation, he's going to take control over it. So, the kingdoms of this world, this is when this was taking place. The seventh trumpet sounded. Those were in heaven. They heard many voices. And they are looking and seeing that the kingdoms of this world are now under the control of Yeshua. They're watching from heaven and they're seeing these things and they're declaring that all those voices are, it says they were in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world now belong to Messiah. He has taken them over. So keep that in mind as we turn to Zechariah. And, you know, with that thought concerning them being able to, all those people, whoever all those people in heaven were, all those voices, 
uh, Zechariah 14, all those people that were in heaven and they were saying that the kingdoms of this world are now become the kingdoms of our master or as the English versions say of our Lord and his Messiah. Somehow those that were in heaven had to be alert and had to know what was taking place on the earth. And there are some other scriptures that reveal that same thing, and someday we'll study that out, that those that have gone on before us that are in Messiah, they may not be alert to everything that's going on in the earth, you know, like, you know, where you're working or your bank account or, you know, this, that, and the other. But there's evidence that reveals that it is quite possible and probable, as we read in that verse, they, they knew that Messiah was taking over the nations of the world. How did they know that? They had to have seen it somehow, some way, some shape, fashion, or form. So it's something to think about. That's something to research, ponder, you know. But in Zechariah 14, and it says in verse 1, Behold, the day of Yahweh comes, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem. Then drop down to verse 3. Then shall Yahweh go forth and fight against those nations. So when, back in Revelation eleven fifteen, when they said that the kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdoms of our Lord or of, of his sovereign and Messiah, there had to be a battle that was going on that they were seeing, that they were maybe watching, that they were alert to. And it says here that Yahweh shall go forth and fight against those nations. And maybe that's what they were seeing. And when he fought in the day of battle, then it says, and his feet, meaning Yeshua's feet, shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, uh, which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley and half of the mountains shall remove toward the north and half toward the south. So there's going to be some kind of, when he comes down, kind of like an earthquake, a split. Things are going to move to the side where Yeshua, when he comes down, he's going to plant his feet. From that moment, the thousand-year reign shall begin. And then it says in verse 5, And you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, 
For the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azel. You shall flee like as you fled from before the earthquakes in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And Yahweh, my Elohim, shall come and all the saints with him. All the saints with him. So let's now keep that in mind. Go to, go to Jude. All right, Linda, sing it. I know you're going to sing it. She always would say, Hey, Jude. All right, Jude, chapter 1. We got to find it first. Yeah, because I think this one is Jude, unfortunately. Jude, chapter 1. What page? 1409. Waiting for the girls to turn there. Jude, chapter what? Chapter 6. Mark. No, I'm joking. There's only one chapter. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm giving. Never know it's Judah, not Jude. Uh, it's in your Bible, Diane. It's Judah, which is page fourteen oh nine. Fourteen oh nine. I got it. You got it. Thank you, though. You bet. Yep. All right, in Jude one verse fourteen, it says. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied. Now just think how long ago this was. That Enoch prophesied of these, saying, Behold, Yahweh comes with thousands of his saints. Linda said, their version says 10,000. So, but nonetheless, it says that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, so, Long time ago. I mean, 3,500 years ago, 3,800 years ago, fourth, I don't know. Thousands and thousands of years ago, he prophesied that Yahweh would come with thousands of, of his saints. Now, here's something to think about. Those that have been used by Yahweh to prophesy certain things, um, many have used a scripture that says, if you prophesy and it does not come to pass, you are a false prophet. And see, then that would have classified Enoch as a false prophet. And, and think of all the other prophets that prophesied of things that didn't take place till Yahshua came. You know, well, those people already died. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself or on someone else that prophesies something 
and you don't see it come to pass. It doesn't necessarily mean that that person was a false prophet or that what that person said was not accurate because right here reveals to us Enoch prophesied something and it took many years to come to pass. I remember when we lived in Roswell, New Mexico, I prophesied over the north end of Roswell, New Mexico that, I didn't use the word Yahweh then, but nonetheless, that Yahweh would raise up a church assembly in the north end of New Mexico, or north end of Roswell, New Mexico, which is like 45,000 people, and that um, he would do great exploits. And all the growth in Roswell, New Mexico, all the new businesses, all new ministries, all new hotels, anything that's new comes to the north side of Roswell, New Mexico. Did that have anything to do with all the times we lit, we, we, our church was on the north end of Roswell, New Mexico, and all the things we prophesied, did that have anything to do with it? I don't know. But it's just interesting to see that the south end, where actually we live, is like they said it's, it's dead. There's no business there. People are moving out there. You can buy houses there fairly cheap. But if you go to the north side, it looks plush. New homes are built. New businesses. Even cattlemen's is moved. Cat, what, what's, what's the state place here? Roadhouse. Road, Texas Roadhouse is moving in there. They have a red lobster, which is big for them. Um, a lot of hotels. So don't ever be discouraged if you've given a prophecy or have had a prophecy given to you that is yet to come to pass because Yahweh's working. And so here we see that this was prophesied many years ago and it is yet to come to pass. But nonetheless, it will come to pass. Look in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 26. <clears throat> it says, For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his glory and in his fathers and of the holy angels. So it's talking about during this time. So there is a wonderful world coming. It is a world without disease. It is a world without pain, sorrow, poverty, demons, lawlessness, crime, etc. 
What's more, you and I can be part of it. As you learn Yahweh's laws and commandments, His instructions, and follow Him and them, you will be preparing yourself for a position of some sort in this Messiah reign. So understand this, even though you may think your life is not exciting, you may think your life doesn't have much influence or meaning, or you are not um, accomplishing what has been within you, you are being prepared, I am being prepared, for a position of some sort, and who cares what the position is, when Messiah comes to reign for not only that thousand years, but also for eternity. Also know this, that present national leaders are going to be removed. And Yahweh and Yeshua are going to put leaders in these nations. Now remember the parable um, when he said that he gave a certain amount of talents. And then the, the wording he said when they went and they made more talents, he said, you had five, now I'm going to give you ten cities. I'm going to make you ruler of three cities, or five cities. And the person that did nothing, he rebuked and kicked him out of his face, my paraphrasing. Now, if you look in Revelations 19... So, you are going to have a position in Messiah's thousand-year reign as long as you are a person that is learning His laws and commandments. Now, in Revelation 19... Verse 11, it says, And I saw heaven open, and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. Okay, look in verse 13. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word, or Yahshua, or the Torah of Yahweh. And then verse 16, it says, And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Sovereign of Sovereigns. So one of the things that puzzled, remember we talked about earlier, that puzzled the disciples, 
Go to Acts chapter 1. And what we just read in Acts, I mean Revelations 19, is what is going to take, that's literally taking place when Yeshua, when they said that the kingdoms of this world has become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Messiah. There's a war going on. There's a fight going on. And, you know, we know that Yeshua, Yahweh, overcomes. But one of the things that puzzled the disciples, and they were expecting Yahshua to set up His kingdom then. And you can read that in verse 6 of Acts 1. It says, When they were come together, they asked of Him, saying, Master, will you at this time restore again? Notice again, so that tells me at one, at, at one time the kingdom was restored to Israel. So He said, Acts 1, verse 6, He said, Master, will you at this time Restore the kingdom to Israel. And he said to them, It is not for you to know the time or the seasons which Yahweh has put in his own power. And then he talks about receiving the Ruach, HaKadosh, and um, the power of Yah's Spirit. Now, we talked about that the thousand-year reign, I know this isn't in great detail as some of those prophecy preachers can minister, but I want to turn to Isaiah 65, please. I want it basically to drive this one point home. You may be suffering... You may be in difficult circumstances. Your life may not be producing the fruit that you would like it to produce. Um, you may feel separated, which we all do because we are. But there's a purpose. Yahweh is training you, Yahshua and the Ruach is preparing you for some sort of position that we are going to have partly on earth, possibly, but the majority of it is going to be in the thousand year reign. If you are a person and you are loving Yahweh's laws and commandments. You are keeping them to the best of your ability, and you are repenting and renouncing them anytime you realize you have fallen short. You are a person that Yahweh and Yeshua are not going to say, Depart from me, you lawless ones but you are going to be 
one of his sheep, that he will say, come, enter into the kingdom and see the kingdom that Yahweh has prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. So this should encourage you. Also, if you're like me, I don't think I have tapped into even 10% of the anointing and the ministry in which I have always felt called to. And in many ways, I've felt like I have not succeeded in fulfilling Yahweh's will and calling upon my life until I came to understand this, that I am being prepared for something far greater than an earthly ministry. I am being prepared for a position, just like you are, in Yeshua's thousand-year reign, as well as thereafter. So, if you feel like your life has not been, quote-unquote, valuable, or, you know, you see other people, you know, acting like they have a type of fulfillment in life, and you don't seem to have that. I want to encourage you that you are being prepared for something far greater, and it is possible that all the fulfillment those people will have will be what they're experiencing right now, basically because of a lack of knowledge on their part, and maybe they're not born from above, Maybe they're involved in things, you know, that they think doesn't matter, like in churchianity, but that does matter according to Yahweh's laws and commandments. So, I want you to be encouraged and not to think of yourself um, negatively, or down on yourself, um, because I've been there and I thought all those things about myself. Um, I remember one time when I first started working where I'm working, my boss said to me, why aren't you pastoring a mega church? I said, I couldn't answer that. I said, I've asked him um, that a lot of times. And I remember prophets coming up to me one when we lived in Greeley, Colorado, and he said, you're supposed to be going all over the nations teaching Yahweh's word. And he said, why aren't you doing it? And, you know, basically that's what he said. And I couldn't answer it. Doors weren't open as far as I could tell anyways. Nonetheless, it always made me feel like, you know, I had all this knowledge, but I was only able to share it with a handful of people. And you may feel like that um, in some way, shape, fashion, or form, but be of good courage because you're going to have a part 
whatever that part is, in the Messiah's thousand-year reign. And I guess that would be the gist of what I'm trying to communicate. Look in Isaiah 65, 21, and we'll, we'll finish here. And it says, And they shall build houses and inhabit them. This is talking about the thousand-year reign, what's going to take place in them. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of the blessed of Yahweh and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the bullock, and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith Yahweh. So this right here describes a, a piece. It describes and shows you know, you put a wolf by a lamb today, what's going to happen? It's going to be lamb chops for the wolf. You put a lion um, next to whatever, what's that lion going to do? It's going to be a snack. Okay? Where Isaiah is prophesying, that during the thousand-year reign, this shall not take place. That peace shall rule and reign. And that there shall be no evil, no crime, no wickedness. And there shall be a unity. And that unity shall be in Yahweh's instructions, Yahweh's laws and commandments. Even in today's world, when you, when you read all the different Torah-minded people's Facebook teachings, some of them come up with some things that are just really out there. And you wonder, where, Linda and I talk about, where do they get this stuff? And, you know, but nonetheless, there will be a time where the confuser will be evicted. The one that brings the confusion, the, the whatever, will be evicted. So, Yahweh is preparing you and me for a place in his kingdom. 
when he comes to rule and reign a thousand years, we, the lawful ones, the obedient ones, the ones that seek first his kingdom, the ones that obey his laws and commandments, we're going to have some kind of position there. We're also going to have, you know, I would imagine during that thousand year reign, you're going to need a house, a place to place your head. I don't know if you're going to need to sleep, because, you know, but nonetheless, it talked about vineyards, working vineyards, and other things. Um, we're going to, you know, some people have said it's, it's going to be a thousand year party. But anyways, that's all I have. Anybody have anything they want to share? Add to it. Thoughts. Complaints. Can't wait. Can't wait. Go ahead. Zechariah or Zephaniah, I can't remember off the top of my head, speaks to the nations that refuse to come to Jerusalem during this period of time. It calls out like Ethiopia and Egypt. So we know there will be a kingdom that all nations will have to go to the king and his kingdom. And you talk about jobs, I've always joked and said, if we have a kingdom of kings and priests, somebody got to be the court jester. Somebody right. got to be the janitor. Somebody got to be the doorkeeper. So, and doesn't it also talk about buying and selling and trading? Right, right, right. It, it, it will still be existence for us. It, it's just not laying on the cloud nine, floating around, looking <laughs> down at the clouds, talking about, you know what that looks like? You know, right. you know it, it's going to be responsibilities. So I always say we're training for rain. So our jobs in the kingdom are really based on what we develop here on earth. For myself, I, you know, I, my normal job, you know, you'll probably have a job, Pastor Mark. You know, somebody, we won't call Miss Linda's name out because we need you to do that. Might forget her keys. See, yeah. they still don't need somebody to let, let somebody in that castle. Or there you go. <laughs> I'm security. I'm, you know. I always joke and say, I'm going to work Same with Joshua. You know, that's who I want to hang out with. I'm going to go work for Joshua as a security. Right. Joshua security team. Hey, that'd be a good name for a business, Joshua Security Team. Well, you know, there's one a, a security company in North Carolina where I'm from, playing off of the North Carolina theme, and it's called Fife Security. And their picture is <laughs> Don Knotts. Are you serious? Oh. <laughs> it's called Fife Security. <laughs> Who would hire that? It, it's just an honor to the state of North Carolina. Okay, know. there you go. Yeah, yeah, I think there will be responsibilities. You know, there'll be teachers. Because the Bible says those that don't know will come to, that the word of Yahweh will come forth from Zion. There'll be teachers still. You know, I don't think that'll be eliminated. Right. You'll still have a job. You know, you probably be a junior high school teacher. I remember reading, I don't remember whose book it was, but this person had an experience going to heaven. And they said, basically, what you did on earth 
is what you were doing in uh, heaven, in preparing the mansions, in preparing whatever. Now, I mean, you can't prove none of that, but it, it gives you thought to think, like Linda's mom, she loved plants, she loved flowers. My mom grew up on a farm, so she loved, you know, gardens and all that type of thing. Um, so chances are, that's what they would be doing. You know? I like that. I like that thought. Maybe just, Rita Marino could be with David leading the praise and worship dancers and stuff. Right. I would like that. And my wife would be singing. because She used to lead our worship and she was very anointed. She literally got behind the piano and said, Yahweh, teach me. And she started playing. But she had no clue on what she was playing. Mm. And the anointing on it was, I mean, almost every time she would play, uh, the prophetic anointing would hit me and hit others. And you could prophesy with great ease. We used to have children prophesying, teenagers prophesying. And some of their, their prophetic words, you know, was way beyond their, their years. We had ch this one young man I called Prophet. His name was Jesse. He was about seven or eight years old. When people had a hard time receiving the baptism of the Spirit, he would uh, come up and lay their hands on them. I'd hold them. He'd put his hands on their forehead and boom, they would start praying in the Spirit. Um, so, she does have a, but one time, all of a sudden, it was like she just had no more passion for it. But nonetheless, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for what you're preparing us all for. We know it's just not for life here on earth. We know you have an eternal plan, and we desire to be part of that eternal plan and we thank you, Yeshua, that you made a way where there seems to be no way. You took our sin, you took our curses, so that we could obey your laws and commandments. We worship you for your instructions. We bless you, we honor you, and we give you praise. And we thank you, Father, in the power of your name.